Good day and welcome to another episode of Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. I am your host, Rondell Donovan, attorney at law. Once again, I'm so happy to bring the law and you. Of course, you can stream us on WESN Content Capital on all social media platforms, including our Strictly Legal with Rondell Donovan podcast. Uh, you know, there's a burning topic in this country, particularly when dealing with landlord and tenant relationship. Uh, with respect to residential tenancy and somewhat um, in terms of commercial tenancy. But I want to really deal with the residential tenancy because a lot of persons don't understand in terms of the tenants, what are their rights and responsibilities as well as landlords, what are their rights and responsibilities, whether or not there are laws which governs um, how landlords operate and how tenants uh, uh, deal with their, their tenancy. And today in studio, we have none other than Mrs. Dana O'Neill-Jervy, attorney at law, um, who has been called to the bar for the past 12 years. Uh, she has been managing her private practice for the last 10 years, and she's a holder of a Bachelor of Laws degrees, as well as um, the LPC and the MSc in Public Sector Management. Uh, while continuing to run her own practice in law, she's currently a counsellor for the Palo Seco region. Uh, she is a former Trantebago Postal uh, Corporation director, as well as the director of Open Bible uh, School. Uh, she's married with two lovely kids, and, um, and I'm really, really happy that she's in studio to speak about um, a topic that you, uh, the viewing and listening audience, uh, have so many questions to answer. So good morning, Dina. Good morning. And thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be thank here. Thank you for being here on, on such a noble seat. Um, <laughs> That's right. We, yes, it's an honor. We, we do appreciate you here. Uh, so so about, this, about the topic, I mean, we're dealing with landlord, tenants, um, their rights and responsibility. Let's start from the basic, because, of course, it's important that the layman understands um, who is exactly a landlord. Well, a landlord is anyone who has the right to rent from property if there is a landlord and tenant relationship. So once someone has a contract or what we may refer to as a lease with a tenant and is entitled to rent, that person is called a landlord. But does the landlord have to own the, the particular property? Well, be entitled, well, yes, other than if someone is like an agent for the owner of property, that person may be referred to as a landlord, but yes. And in terms of a tenant, now I know, I mean, tenant, I mean, it's, 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 it's self-explanatory, but just explain who is really a tenant. Right, so the tenant now will be the person who is entitled to possession of that property. So again, a lease, and it can be, um, it can be oral or written, but once there is that lease agreement, the person who now is entitled to possession as a result of paying rent is referred to as the tenant. Now, you mentioned lease. Um, so in terms of a, uh, an agreement or a tenancy, let's look at, let's say the word tenancy. Yes. What types of tenancies are there? Well, there are ordinary leases, right? Um, what we refer to as a residential tenancy or a commercial tenancy, right? There's also statutory tenancy. There's also oil mining leases. But in terms of what we'll be talking about, of course, is really residential and commercial. Right. And, and is it that the, the, land, the, sorry, the tenant must enter into an agreement or must enter into a rental or lease agreement before renting the particular property that they, they wish to possess? 
Well, it is advised. Now you're saying uh, if they must enter into a rental agreement, and some persons may automatically assume you're referring to something in writing. But there can be a rental, there can be an agreement all its orally. Once we have the basic factors, there's an offer, there's acceptance, there's consideration, then there's a contract. And a tenancy or a lease really is a contract. So, yes, it's advised that you would enter into one before someone moves in. And of course, when we say um, the, the offer acceptance, mm -hmm. um, we're dealing with in terms of the <coughs> consideration which is the value that the tenant um, is, is renting the property for. That's right. So in this case it would be the rent. And who, who determines the rent of the particular property? Well, usually, practically speaking, someone will have property and they'll say, well, I'm renting this property for X amount. And it's up to the tenant to say, yes, I agree to this or not. And of course, they can have dialogue and negotiate on a rent as well. Now, you know, I mean, many persons may ask, is there any regulation in relating to, sorry, in relation to renting a premises? Is it that um, it, it depends on the locality, um, it depends on the, the number of bedrooms, or whether or not there's a scale by, by way of law? Well, now that I'm aware of, we have the Rental Assessment Board, the Rent Assessment Board, however, that has, act has elapsed. Right, so I don't believe it's functional. I stand to be corrected. Um, but other than that, no, I can have property and I can decide, you know what? I think this value about a 5,000 a month and put it on the market for 5,000 a month. Because we've seen, especially on social media, where a lot of persons rent apartments, one bedroom, mm -hmm. two bedroom is literally like a shed and, and they call 5,000, 4,000 and you, and you see the furor on, on, on uh, from persons who looking to rent. Of course, we are rental market. Um, and you're saying that there are no uh, really um, well, legislation that governs in terms of um, what, what is your scale. Strictly uh, speaking. So, yeah. so, so it's basically up to the tenant really to decide whether they want to accept yeah, it or not. Yeah, that, that rent is too high and, and I'm not going to go there. And, you know, I heard you talk about geographical location, you know, and we've seen based on certain locations and the demand, persons increase the rent for those areas. For example, a lot of students need to go to school. The rent is what we may call ridiculous, you know. But it's, it's up to us to accept it or not, because if they are getting the tenants, you yeah. know. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, in, in terms of, okay, the, the landlord and tenant, um, they have decided, or well, the tenant has decided they want to accept the property. Right. Um, they, what, what is the first obligation of the, of the tenant when accepting a property? Well, the first, okay, well, the first thing that I would advise should be done is to enter into a contract. Right. Um, some persons may want to move in and say, OK, yes, we agree to whatever, whatever. But it's always advisable to enter into a written contract so that if you have any issues later on, it's easy and clear to go back and review that. Um, in terms of obligations, of course, rent. Rent would have to be paid. Um, some landlords require security deposit. But again, that depends on what both parties agree to in that particular rental agreement or lease. Now, now you, you mentioned security deposit. Is it that... Security deposit is mandatory? No. And what, and what exactly entails in this security deposit? Well, a security deposit really is a payment to show the tenant's intent to rent the property. It can be uh, refundable or it can be non-refundable. It depends on what is agreed. 
And, and, and usually, I mean, as, as we've seen or, or, or by drafting agreements, we've seen that security deposits will entail, um, put, uh, well, uh, will, will really, uh, how, how do you say, absolve the, the landlord from any liabilities um, in terms of when the tenant leaves a premises and let's say, for instance, the tenant leaves a premises not in, a, in, a, in an order that the, 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 the property was, right. um, was let. Um, for instance, if there are fixtures that literally um, were broken and stuff, is it now? Does that mean that that security deposit will be used to repair any damages caused to the property? Well, it can be, but let's say the damages cost one thousand dollars and the security deposited five thousand. You can't just go with that. So, of course, the party should walk through value what it is and agree that okay yes this needs repairing this is the value so this amount should be taken and how i see it is really compensation for damages right um it can also be utilized for if someone leaves without notice because remember this landlord would have reserved his place for this person he could have put it on the market he could have gotten his income or rent for another month so someone leaves without notice Sometimes it's kept in lieu of damages in instances like that. But then, but then, of course, I mean, we, we've seen also in agreements where it's stipulated that the security deposit is not the last month's rent. Yes. <laughs> right. And um, and of course, a lot of push, a lot of tenants they leave um, premises um, without paying the, the the last month's rent, and then they will tell the landlord, "Well, you could use my security deposit, but but that can't be legal. That can't be right." Well, even if it is to come into play as the last month's rent, now we have the question of the damages to the place. So therefore, I'm agreeing with you in that instance. And, and, and let's look at the landlord's obligation to the tenant. What, uh, what is the landlord responsible for? Well, first I would say a landlord should allow a tenant to live peaceably in, yes. in, in their place. And the landlord is responsible for keeping the place kept, habitable, um, in a safe condition, if there's need for repair, go in and repair, of course, with giving sufficient notice to the tenant that they want to enter and so on. Um, and, but primarily, it would depend on what is in the lease agreement. Huh? That primarily, that would determine it. But what I mentioned, they are basically some given obligations. Let's look at utilities. Who, who are responsible right. for so utilities? Again, payments? that depends on what is in the contract because one might rent a place again for $5,000 inclusive of the utilities. So in an instance like that, the landlord's obligations would include paying the electricity bill, paying the washer bill, as the case may be. However, if it's not, and the arrangement is that the tenant pays, and it wouldn't be the landlord's responsibility. But okay, you mentioned Wasser, you mentioned Tiantec, yes, but you mentioned Wasser. But isn't it by by virtue of custom that the that the landlord custom. pays yes. um, Wasser well um, water rates? Yes, by virtue of custom. And yes. also and also um, property tax. Well, in terms of the land and building tax payments, which would have been the last one of 2009, well, but they are responsible for paying those taxes. But, but are you talking about who's responsible? Well, of course, the landlord is responsible for paying the taxes, and that is something that persons should have clear, because there are some landlords who may try to, uh, to um, absorb it into the rent, right? It is the landlord's responsibility. But in terms of paying the bill, that is different. And whose name is on the WASA bill doesn't necessarily mean who is going to pay or come up with the money to pay this bill. Right. Um, so, so let's look at um, if the landlord is not fulfilling their obligation. 
Mm -hmm. Of course, the obligation to repay. Now, it, it's, that can be a very controversial issue uh, because we, now, now the question is, what is repair? What is reasonable repair? For instance, if my bathroom fixture, let's say, for instance, the, 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 the pipe or the plumbing uh, for the toilet is, is not working, who is responsible for fixing that plumbing issue? Well, what is the cause of the, um, the plumbing issue? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, because sometimes you find that tenants... Uh, I mean, they, they would have rented the premises, they would have walked through, rented yes. the premises, everything was good. Uh, let's say it's wear and tear. Right. So if it's reasonable wear and tear, then yes, the landlord is responsible. However, if there's an accident or the tenant does something that is not a reasonable expectation, then it would be reasonable to expect the landlord to um, repay in that instance. I mean, and these are all, these are all real issues, right? Yes. Um, particularly when it comes to what is reasonable, because of course, like just one example, um, there was someone who was asking me a question with respect to uh, whether or not the landlord is responsible for repairing uh, the, the stove. Now, this, the, now this, the, the apartment would have come furnished, right. so it have been possessed, uh, furnished, and um, the stove, sorry, the oven was not working. Now the landlord, it's the landlord's oven. Now, uh, uh, the, the question will be whether or not it is the tenant's responsibility to service a stove that is, that is part of the, 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 the inclusion of the rent or whether it is the landlord's responsibility. Now, of course, the question as to who's responsible for things is no black and white. As you are seeing, it all depends on the situation. In that circumstance, it sounds to me that the appliances were a part of the offer, right? It is, I'm renting you this apartment, this space, and these appliances. So just as the building should be in good repair, in my respectful view, the appliances should also be in good repair. And in that particular instance, the landlord should repair it. And, if it's and, as a result of wear and tear. Wear and tear. And, uh, and of course, if it's a, if it's a major issue uh, or not something that just could be replaced, because that is something that has been in contention whereby a landlord is stating that, well, you, you, you use it, therefore it's your responsibility to repair it. No, but, but we have to look at what was contracted. Yeah. So it was agreed that you would provide X, Y, and Z. So if X, Y, and Z has to work. No, no, mind you, the stove is not a new stove. It's a, it's a stove that has been used from tenant to tenant, um, and, and it, obviously there will be wear and tear, and a, and a tenant who is coming now to rent a property um, for the next two years, within exactly. the first month, absorbing that cost. That exactly. So let's say I think that this um, property, the value to rent it is about 4000 but you know what? With the appliances... It would five, and I agree to that. And then I get like an old stove that close to the end of its life, and now I have to fix it. That would be unfair. No, no. Let's say the landlord refuses to f um, fix fix whatever the issue is, or refuses to fulfil the obligations. Um, what reliefs can can the tenant uh, seek? Well, of course, you first, you start with mediation. And when I say mediation, I don't necessarily mean anything formal. You know, you reach out to the landlord, try to get the landlord to repay. And if the landlord really isn't repairing it and you need to use your appliance or whatever it is now, I would say the tenant can go ahead and repair it if they can afford to. And then they can seek redress in the court, right? They can seek compensation in the petty civil court. 
And of course, we understand that that is a the sometimes what they say the candle may cost more than the flower. That's funeral. what it is. The funeral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I use it. I use it all, all in, terms. in terms of the cost mm. that you can get back in petty civil court, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and let's look at um, now if the tenant refuses now to, to pay rent um, and obviously monies are due and owing. Um, what, what is the what is the the, the, the timeline that um, uh, that they can go without paying rent in terms of what is duration? Again, it's what's in the contract, but what is often deemed reasonable is a month. One yeah, about a month, and in that instance, if the tenant isn't paying, the landlord can then give notice that you need to leave. And and of course, we've seen as as attorneys where tenants um, where landlords give tenants multiple opportunities yes and then i mean i have had an experience where the tenant is, is is in arrears of 10 months and you know consulting with the landlord the landlord i mean you're asking the landlord how did this reach to this point mm -hmm. where you allow this tenant to be in the property 10 months in arrears and of course there are different various scenarios and 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 we know sometimes tenants are very lenient yes and all these sorry not tenants landlords and, and we try to have the human factor you know and, and 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 of course now it leads to the point where how can this landlord recover this rent because at the end of the day the tenant now is has has moved on to another property you can't right. find them what what does what redress does the the, the landlord have Again, the landlord can take action against the tenant. Even if the tenant leaves, action can be taken in court. So, of course, we'll start with what we call a pre-action protocol letter for the sum of money that is due and owing as a result of the rent that is owing, um, giving a certain amount of time to pay. If the tenant doesn't pay within that time period, then, of course, can file in court. Now, let's look at the situation of, of uh, distress, uh, distress calls right. um, in, in, in the point where the tenant still lives within the premises. They have not moved. They refuse to move. They owe in rent. What can the landlord do um, initially to recover that loss? Well, it's the same process that I just listed there. Now, if the tenant is saying that I do not have any money to pay, then we can go into distress, and that will have to be an order from the court. So sometimes people think bailiffs can just put everybody things by the road or can just go in and take whatever. But things should not be happening in a, such an ab hoc manner. But so it, once you it, have an yeah, ahead, so once sorry. you have an order from the court, then yes, you can distress, which essentially refers to taking the goods or whatever, not goods, whatever household items or whatever the landlord can get to then get the rent to compensate for the rent. Because it, um, in reviewing the the bailiff act, um, the, there is a clause which states that the bailiffs can can proceed to levy on items that the tenant owns, right, without a court action. But of course, there are a lot of persons who, who sometimes bailiffs enter premises and then they take things that do not belong to the, to the tenant and then it causes a lot of issues. That's right. So in, in that way, and obviously the tenant will now have to get relief from the court. That's right. Um, so, so it all really depends on, on, on how you view the situation, how volatile the situation is, and whether or not you can receive such type of compensation by arbitrarily just ending somebody's premises. Yeah, so I would advise anyone go through the process properly and formal action, right? Because you can end up with many issues, as if not. And, and, and could you shed some light in terms of the correct ways to terminate a tenancy if parties do not have a, 
uh, a written contractual agreement because obviously within a tenancy you have okay you, you serve one month's notice in right. some instance two months notice right. uh, can a tenant just decide to just leave the premises without giving notice well someone can do anything you know <laughs> Whether it's right is another story. So no, a tenant should not leave the premises without giving notice. One should give reasonable notice and the other way around as well. If the landlord wants his place back, the landlord should give the tenant notice and reasonable time to find another place. Now, can the landlord just decide yes, they don't want a tenant, just give them a month's notice without a reasonable cause? Does there have to be a reasonable cause? to give notice in a, in a landlord-tenant arrangement? In, in my opinion, if I have property and I decide I want it back, well, of course, the landlord may have his reason. Let's say I want my child to have the property now or something like that. I can give sufficient notice without having to go through details. I stand to be corrected, but that's, that's my opinion. And, but and once you give sufficient, sufficient notice, notice within the agreement, because of course, you know, um, if it's a one month, if, if you're paying, uh, your rent at the end of the month, you expect that a notice will be, will be one month. Right. Um, and, 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 and let's say if, uh, and I think I would have sent this to you at some point in time where on Facebook, um, there was a lot of back and forth with someone who would have um, paid a deposit um, to a landlord and decided within 24 hours not to go forward with the lease. Um, the landlord refused to um, well, refund them back their, their property, sorry, their deposit, um, I'm sorry, and, um, and the tenants are basically saying that, you know, that is theft and all these different opinions, etc. Now, are the tenants entitled to retrieve their deposit if they change their mind within that, uh, mind within that, that short period without entering into a, a written contract? Because, of course, you know, there is, I mean, there's a legitimate expectation as well. Yes. On the landlord's point of view. So, even if there isn't a written contract, in my point of, in my perspective, the, generally speaking, the landlord is entitled to keep a security deposit. And if we stop to look at the purpose of a security deposit, we'll understand why. Because remember, again, you don't have notice. So, let's say this, again, this landlord can have his place on the market could have been renting his place and then just lose a month because you just all of a sudden change your mind. However, in terms of the time frame, in my view, that um, what is reasonable depends on the time frame. If there is no written agreement and someone, someone pays money now and within 24 hours they change their mind, in my opinion, it's reasonable to refund them in an instance like that. However, if a couple of weeks down the road now they just change their mind, then no, this is what the security deposit is for, and it, it's reasonable to keep it in lieu of damages. Uh, particularly if the landlord is, um, has now lost a potential exactly. um, tenant. And, um, and uh, I mean, I, because I, I did see that an attorney did inform them that, okay. listen, they can't get back their deposit just like that if they change their mind, even if you didn't sign an agreement. Because, because you have an oral contract. Yes. And, and an expectation, of course, to enter into this agreement and the landlord has, would have had put things in place uh, to ensure that the tenant left the premises. And in effect, that is what the paying of that security deposit was. Eh? That was that consideration and entering into a contract right there. So really that tenant would have breached the contract. The tenant is in breach. Indeed, and it would be interesting, you know, of course, if they go to the petty civil court, what happens, what pronouncement that the management meets, makes, etc. Um, 
Now, what, what would you advise landlords um, to, to do to protect their interests and their property? Uh, because, of course, we have to look at things at both sides of the scale. We have the tenants have their rights, the landlord. What, 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 what sort of advice would you give landlords in terms of not putting themselves or not allowing themselves to be in situations like these? Enter into a written contract. Don't allow persons to move in unless they sign to it and they commit to that. Right, um, whatever terms that you, you want them to agree to, of course, it's always advisable to go to an attorney at law because an attorney would have an idea as to what are some of the basic things that should be included there to seek the landlord's interest. And yeah, then, then you enter into to that arrangement and allow the tenant to move in. And in terms of the, 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 the tenants now to protect their interest? Similarly, <laughs> <laughs> right, you enter into an agreement. Um, again, you can go to an attorney to ensure that you understand the terms, that the terms are reasonable. And, you know, on another note, you know, I just want to mention that I sometimes say someone can enter into a contract about anything, eh? you know, once we agree to the terms. But before parties enter into something, read the terms and ensure that everything there is what you agree to. Because I can decide I don't want to live with a particular term that this particular landlord has for his place. And I can choose to not go there, mm -hmm. right? But yes. don't read the terms of this contract. Agree to it, and then you have an issue. You know? say lack of knowledge can be a, um, a defense. So <laughs> get your advice beforehand. The, the whatever rights you want to ensure you have as well, ensure that it's there, right? Even if a landlord comes with a, a, con a contract or a lease that he has from before, and you have certain terms you want. In my opinion, you can speak to the landlord about it, propose, listen, I would like to put in X, Y, and Z beforehand. Now, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, everything that we are dealing with is based on common law principle because there's no legislation in place to really protect landlords, protect tenants, or in terms of landlord-tenant arrangement. <coughs> now, do you think that, that there that is a need for legislative reform to treat with the issue of, of renting, whether it is um, rental prices, um, whether it is in terms of obligation covenants, as we see, uh, so, that, so that persons can be... Both parties can be certain as to what are their rights rather than just looking at case law and looking at what is custom. And of course, knowing fully well in Trinidad and Tobago, having been, obviously, we are renting culture, you know, to ensure that, that persons are not taken advantage of. Well, I would say that it would definitely be helpful because if we have more legislation, it will take away a lot of ambiguity. So, for example, the issue with the Facebook post you would have seen, you know, it would be very clear to go to it, as you said, instead of just going with custom, you know. So I, I agree. And um, in terms of the price of rent and so on as well, if we can have an active regulatory board, that would be very helpful so that living can be more affordable for persons, you know, in, in several areas throughout Trinidad and Tobago. I know there's commentary um, whereby the persons or, or renters are a bit concerned that when the property tax um, do come into force, meaning the collection of property tax, then landlords would want to uh, absorb that cost of tax in the rent. Um, at current, do you know whether or not there's any, well, in terms of legislation, whether um, tenants can be protected from landlords um, using their rent to absorb that property tax? Right. So, as far as I'm aware, the law is that the tenant is to not pay that tax or absorb the tax. It is for the landlord to pay. 
Indeed. Yes. Uh, but still, I know, but you know, you know, you know our culture and, and society. And of course, if 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 we have proper framework, then persons who are grieved can go to the or write to the necessary body rather than having to take it to litigation in order to... to, to or what to, can be considered, as we were talking about legislation, mm -hmm. is putting something in place to prevent persons from, in local parlance, trying to smash up. Yes. Right? Because yes. they may say, well, no, I'm not allowing the tenant to absorb the rent, but they happen to get a new person and they just, the rent just happens to increase. Yeah. Or they give notice, or as the term is coming to an end, and when it's time to renew, they decide to give an increase. Yeah. And, 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 and most of, uh, a lot of, a lot of tenants, you would see where um, it, it, uh, landlords have an obligation to increase by obviously by virtue of an agreement between both parties uh, but but it's, it's very interesting particularly in light of the fact that we have some some places that are for rent which which is I mean it's really ridiculous yes. when it comes to what you get value for money as That's we see right. and we know um, but in terms of an alternative to to litigation there's mediation Yes. Uh, would you advise persons to go even further to the ombudsman? They can, they can. But mediation is a great option. Um, of course, being an attorney, um, I would think if you can't, you're unsuccessful with mediation, you can then take action. Certainly, you know? any and and yes. you can start, sorry, you can start with a pre-action protocol letter. So remember, that isn't the action starting as yet because after that stage, there can also be settlement. Indeed. And resolve. And resolve. And that's the purpose of, of, of ensuring that you avoid cost. That's right. right? So, so, guys, um, of course, we are out <laughs> of time, unfortunately. Uh, I hope that the knowledge that has been imparted, you can use that um, to, to, to see how best you can negotiate and, and get yourself out of situations um, without having to, to resort to litigation. And of course, you can um, contact an attorney at law if you feel as though you are aggrieved and you need some advice in terms of your landlord-tenant relationship. So thank you so much, Dina, for gracing us. You are very welcome. And as I said, it is a pleasure to sit in this chair this esteemed <laughs> chair <laughs> indeed indeed thank you do have a great day thank you so guys it's a wrap you have been watching strictly legal on wesn content capital we were speaking about landlord tenants our relationship and responsibility so see you next time be well be safe god bless